Hey, good afternoon, evening, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. Gabe DeArmond here. Mitchell Forty going to join me in a minute. This is a, uh, I don't know if we call it a special edition. It is an edition of the 573 Report. We haven't done one in quite a while um, because it's the off season. And the off season is kind of the time where we try to take some time off as well. That hasn't necessarily happened until the last few days, but we have at least taken off from this particular endeavor. We wanted to go ahead and jump back in and, and catch up for all of you who, for some reason, have not read every word we have written, or maybe for some of you who have over the last couple months. Uh, before we bring Mitch in, want to remind you, every time we want, to, every time we do one of these, uh, we're brought to you by 573Ts. I was actually uh, doing some grocery shopping. They had a setup in the uh, local grocery store today, so you can find their stuff a lot of different places. The easiest place to find it is 573Ts.com, or you can go to down, go in downtown Columbia. They've got a physical location uh, between 9th and 10th streets in Alley A. I would imagine if you go to that website, it will even tell you the exact address, although I don't know what it is. I just know it's across from Fretboard Coffee. So go find them um, and buy some stuff from them, support them so they can keep supporting us. Uh, while you're here, hit the like button on the show, subscribe to the channel, do all the things that people who are good at YouTube tell you to do. Um, I don't really waste a lot of time with that, but, uh, we're bringing in Mitchell 40 and, uh, I don't know, Mitch, we could start with one of two things. It's like a brand new basketball team or it's, uh, really actually kind of a brand new football team, just not brand new at, at the position everyone's been focusing on for the last three months. Yep, exactly right. The quarterback has been been the focus there for all offseason, and then everyone's new basketball coaching and playing-wise. I don't know. What What do you think? Should we start with start with football? Because that, that'll probably be quicker since there's only one guy to one position to really talk about. Yeah, I'm good with that. We'll start with, uh, we'll start with football. So, quarterback, um, look... We don't, I mean, everybody, the most common question the last, like, two weeks has been, how come every transfer has gone somewhere else? I don't know. Every transfer probably has a different reason for going somewhere else. But he has gone, they have gone somewhere else. Uh, Jalen Daniels, surprising only in the fact that, like, we legitimately had people telling us it was done to Missouri, and then it didn't happen. JT Daniels didn't surprise me at all. The only surprise there to me was that he visited Missouri because I never expected him to come to Missouri. The surprising one, though, Gary slash Jerry. I don't know. Have you Googled how to pronounce his name? I, I'm going with Jerry. I, okay. I, I don't know why. I just decided when I first read it, that's how it should be pronounced, and that's that's what I've been saying all along, and I've not heard anyone say different. Yeah, it looks like Jerry to me, but Jerry Bohannon to uh, South Florida. That's, like, on the surface, that's kind of a weird one, but I don't know, man. It's Tampa. Maybe they have cool uniforms. Maybe they bought him a Cuban sandwich on his visit. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. It's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, I think we remind a lot of the people who follow recruiting really closely. But when you get into a situation like this where you're talking about transfer quarterbacks, you have a lot more people paying attention who don't necessarily follow recruiting as closely and realize that, like, the things we say we think these these players should value are not necessarily what they value and that everyone is different. And, you know, that's why, it, you know, we always talk about it's actually it's impossible to keep everyone in state. They always say they want to lock down the borders or whatever, but that's not realistic because there's some kids that just say like, oh, well, I've been in Missouri my whole life. I want to go play in like Florida or California or whatever. Um, and so 
obviously neither of us has ever talking talked to Jerry Bohannon. We have no idea what he he valued. Um, I, I think that you know that certainly kind of changed the the dialogue a little bit. Like you said, the first two were pretty easily explainable, other than the fact that. Like, you know, everyone thought that Jaden Daniels to Mizzou was completely done. But um, the, that one, the fact that Jerry, Jerry Bohannon was much later in the process and that he ended up at South Florida, uh, I think probably, you know, sparked a lot more of this conversation of like, oh, my gosh, why can't Eli Drinkwitz recruit quarterbacks, even though, as Ron has already alluded to in the comments, he's actually been really good at recruiting high school quarterbacks. Right. I, I, so two comments there. First of all, you're right. I've never talked to Jerry Bohannon, but unlike Ed Chang, I saw him. I know he exists. Mm-hmm. He's a real person. I can verify that. Also, Jaden Daniels was so long ago that at some point in the last three weeks, I convinced myself his name was Jalen Daniels. Um, so that is literally how I have typed his name and how I have referred to him every time for like the last three weeks. So that's close enough. My apologies, apologies to the Daniels family. I certainly would have gotten his name if he played correct if he played football here. But basically, if they don't play football or basketball here. I cease to care about them, and I, I no longer even apparently get their names correct. Uh, but, yeah, I, so here's the news, actually, in my opinion, uh, and I haven't even posted this on the board yet, but uh, kind of found out a couple hours ago through uh, through a source I had that Grant Gannell, who was the, le- the, the most recent guy that we had put out, hey, Missouri's at least talked to him. I mean, there had been some level of conversation um, it doesn't appear those conversations have really gone anywhere. Every indication I have is that the quarterback room is now going to be the quarterback room. This is going to be Brady Cook, Tyler Macon, Sam Horn, uh, Tommy Locke, whoever else might be beyond him on the depth chart. But but for all intents and purposes, it is going to be three people. Um now I don't. That's what we thought it was going to be on December twenty third, or whatever the day after the Armed Forces Bowl was last year. I think people are going to be more disappointed than they should be, or than is fair, because Missouri kind of did go out and flirt with a lot of people, and after you go out and flirt with a lot of people it maybe is a little bit more difficult to come back home and be like, no, I really loved you all along, I promise. But that's where <laughs> you're sure. at. For sure, yeah. So, you know, a couple things there. One, I, I yeah, I just kind of credited Eli Drinkwitz or defended him a little bit, so talking about people kind of raking him over the coals for the situation. I'll, I'll take the opposite approach a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think that... You, there's a lot of people, you know, we'll see some people on our board or wherever who are saying like, well, why isn't he just okay with making a cook? Like, I like the promise. I like what they have. There's no reason to believe they couldn't be good if they just got more experience. And the the obvious comeback to that has become, well, I'm not sure their coach thinks that. And he's the one who should know because he's tried to get a lot of guys. I mean, three visited campus and there are certainly at least two others we know Mizzou contacted. I'm sure there were more than that. So the, clearly he thought all of those guys would be upgrades. Now, you know, you can you can convince yourself if you want to that, you know, oh, well, he was just bringing them in to compete or to add a body and maybe Brady Cook still would have started. I, I disagree, but whatever. It's impossible for me to, you know, it's a hypothetical. No one's going to prove each other wrong there. The other thing, though, I will say is to your point about, you know, coming home and saying I really loved you all along. The one good thing is at least Eli Drinkwitz did manage to keep Cook and Macon out of the portal, which is I mean, like, 
you know, not stunning because I don't know where all they would have had to go considering they haven't played a lot, but it's noteworthy because you see a lot in college football now where as soon as a quarterback, especially a quarterback, gets a whiff that someone else might be starting at quarterback, they're like, I'm out of here. So uh, it, it could be worse, but also, yes, there's there's reason to doubt that Drinkwitz is like over the moon about the guys he has in the room right, right. now. Well, and to kind of continue the analogy of, of going out and flirting, like really that my first reaction as if I'm Brady Cook or Tyler Macon, when I see my coach out courting all these other transfer quarterbacks is, yo, I'm gone. Like, you don't think I can play. I, I'm going to leave. And, again, to continue the analogy, I mean, if, you know, if your girlfriend cheats on you, the first thing you think might be, I'm going to leave. But what if you look at the market and be like, yo, but the only other people that I could date are – like not as attractive and also not as cool. So maybe I would be better off hanging around here and, and Hey, seeing, seeing what happened. And, and that sounds way more dismissive of Brady cook and Tyler Macon than I mean it to sound. I, I mean, like, look, I actually, I've, I felt like for a month and a half, I was the guy defending Brady cook and going, I don't know. I kind of liked what I saw him out, out of him in the armed forces bowl. I think he could lead this team to a winning record. I just think, What's not probably going to happen is Missouri is going to be 8-4 and four because they had a quarterback go through for 4,500 yards. I think Missouri could be 8-4 and four with Brady Cook at the, as the starting quarterback, but he's just maybe going to need a little more help from the running game and the defense than some of these other guys might have needed. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree. That's it's not that none of this is to say that Brady Cook or Tyler Macon are awful players or can't be good for Mizzou. But it's just that the guy who should know the best, who has coached them every day and who has seen them more than play in a couple games, which we all have thought that some other guys were better. And, and so now we get to now we get to where it will it. it I don't want to say it will, but if things go one way, it will be a huge problem for Missouri. And that is, as Colby brings up, Sam Horn to fill in the blank. Uh, God love him. I hope he doesn't go to the Royals because the only way to be a, to ensure that you are a starting pitcher who is drafted and you, if you ever make the majors, you suck is to be drafted by Kansas city. So please God, I hope they don't draft Sam Horn because I'd like the kid to have a better future than he would have in that organization. But point being, so he comes out on this draft list, 71st, and, like, that's MLB.com. It's not the Padres or the Braves or the Royals or any other organization. Nobody knows. But let's say he's really the 71st-ranked draft prospect in the country. Well, you know what's going to happen is when they get to pick 71, if that's him, they're going to go, yeah, but, like, guys, 72 through 77, there's zero chance they're an SEC quarterback, and they're going to sign, and we don't know for sure that he is going to sign. So... I think logic tells me he probably drops a little bit, but also there's legitimate, you know, concern from Missouri side of things that Major League Baseball is a little bit more of a threat than it was when I asked somebody in February. So I I, I would still lean to Sam Horn playing at the University of Missouri, but I I don't want to totally dismiss the fact that people that are more involved in this than I am at least have some concern about it. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, I think for the most part, people are, are probably freaking out a little too much. It, like you said, one, it's one list. Um, a bunch of media organizations do these lists and, and no other is he really even close to that high. 
Um, and obviously, yeah, we don't know where the teams are going to have him. It, baseball's obviously it's a hard sport to, to project into prospect rankings, right? Because you have high schoolers, you have college players, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, um, I, I think that probably teams are going to say it's going to be too difficult to get this kid to sign to draft him high enough that he would have to to take that. And I think there's, you know, real draws to going to Mizzou. You don't have to necessarily pick between football and baseball yet. Obviously, um, you know, the allure of being an SEC quarterback and a, a big time quarterback recruit and the, you know, the NIL stuff you can make from that. And just what it's like to go to college as that guy was, is probably a draw I would imagine. But the reason there is some nerves on Missouri's side is because it only takes one team to fall in love with them. And it's not even so much where they draft him. It's just how much money they offer him. I mean, he could be a 10th round draft pick and someone could offer him $2 million. Now that's extremely rare. Like that's most, most likely not going to happen, but it could. And so that, that's why uh, I think there is a little bit of concern out of the, the Mizzou camp, but I, I think it's definitely much more likely that he winds up in Missouri. It's, so we sit here, it's May, what, May 10th? Yeah, so May 11th. May 11th, okay. The season <laughs> opener is on September 1st. I, I don't think it's unfair to say the most important day between now and then in Mizzou athletics, and no disrespect to you know the softball teams playing an SEC tournament, whatever, the most important day in Mizzou athletics between now and then is the Major League Baseball draft on July, July 11th, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, not not that much else real important really happens between now and the start of football season. And no disrespect to Eli Drinkwitz's appearance at SEC Media Days, but <laughs> that is less important than uh, than Sam Horn. I mean, and, hey, fall camp's going to open and all that, but you get the point. It's it's pretty big. Um, and but Ron does bring up a good point. Like you said, I mean, oh by the way, Jabari Johnson committed. It's the third consecutive year Eli Drinkwitz has gotten a four star quarterback from out of the state of Missouri, uh, I, I think I think I wrote the numbers on Monday morning. I've already forgotten them, but it's approximately from 2002 to 2019, or fifth, yeah, 19, I think Missouri had 15 out-of-state four-stars. In the last three years, I think they have eight or nine, uh, maybe even more than that. I mean, so this guy did not, you know, it's kind of surprised me that the and it shouldn't. I I know. I, it's like I don't even pay attention to what I do every day. But the negative reaction to like Jerry Bohannon has far outweighed the positive reaction to Jabari Johnson. When really, if you were just told at the beginning, hey, you're only going to get one of these guys, you would take Jabari Johnson 110 times out of 100. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for yeah, it, it, there's a couple reasons why I understand it, even though I I agree that it's probably been a little blown out of proportion. I mean, one obviously, Bohannon is you know most. I mean, he the soonest he would be relevant is the 2023 season, but even that's probably not likely. He's going to be a true freshman. So you're, you're talking about someone who's most cert, most likely not taking a meaningful snap for a full two years from now, and obviously you know the Jerry Bohannon impacts this coming season, and people just react more to the negative. I mean, you're just going to see a lot more arguing and, and woe is me about, about negative, obviously than, than celebrating a positive. So, um, and, and I do, I do think that, and, and I don't even know if this is fair. I probably lean towards it's not quite yet. Um, this fall will have a, a lot to do about it, but we are nearing a point where there are a lot of people I think who are saying like, okay, the recruiting was fun. And like, you know, the PR stuff is fun, but like, could we win some games now, please? And I, I mean, 
it's only been two years. Like it takes time to put all this stuff in place. Um, but I think that, I mean, whether or not it's fair, that is, that is starting to, uh, to pop up more and more among Mizzou fans. So real quick, I mean, I've said to feel good about where it's going. I want a winning record this year and, and that can be seven and five. That's a winning record. That's fine. But it, it, I don't think that's unfair. That should be the expectation for this team in year three, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's fair. And, you know, I want to fight back a little bit, too, because honestly, I don't know that we'll do this again before camp starts and stuff like that. And and I know there are some people that listen or that watch that that maybe don't read what we, we do every day. Shame on you. We don't like you, so cover your ears. But, I, I mean, it, it's not that hard of a schedule. I, I've seen this. Oh, man, it's really tough. Dude, you are in the SEC. You have to play good teams every year. I mean, I don't. if you are a, a good team, I don't think you should look at, we have to play Auburn, which might, by the way, low-key be the worst team in the SEC West, and Arkansas, which might at its ceiling be third or fourth in the SEC West. And are you scared to death of Kansas State? I mean, this is... Yes, you play teams you've heard of, but this is not, you know, murderer's row. If if you can't win seven games with this schedule, I'd be a little bit concerned about where you're headed. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think just as you, you look at more of the team being Eli Drinkwitz's, and, and I mean, the, the timeline has accelerated. Um, this is like the second straight year he's taken somewhere around 10 transfers. So there are very few guys he inherited. And obviously, all those he did, he has chosen to keep around for a while, and they've been in his system for a while. So it's completely his team at this point. And yeah, you know, the, the schedule, it's, it's not, no, I, I never thought it was particularly difficult. Um, I, obviously, there's still questions, and a lot of the, the guys he's brought in are still young and you know i don't i don't think it's in any way we'll put him on the hot seat or anything like that but yes to feel to feel good like you're you're having a positive trajectory i think that's the logical next step is to have a wedding record after two straight years of 500 and, and i want to be clear like i i wrote this today eli drinkwitz can go two and ten this year and he's not getting fired because you know the the comparison everybody's made that well barry odom was 500 after four years and got fired what if eli's 500 after three years well Eli is selling hope in the form of recruiting rankings. And Barry wasn't. I, I mean, he, he wasn't. It wasn't. It, it's the same reason they made a basketball coaching change, and we'll get to that in a minute, is you just didn't see anything more than what was currently there. You can see the hope for more. Now, it's going to need to show up. I, it doesn't have to show up this year. But the interesting year to me will be 2023. When Eli Drinkwitz is in year four, if he's a 500 coach after year four, because like he signed a six-year deal after the 2020, and I don't think it's impossible after the 2022 season, but definitely after the 2023 season, like Jimmy Sexton's going to be calling about the extension. You know, like you're going to have to make decisions at that point that cost real actual money. So 2022, I think is. It can give you an indication of what you should feel. It's not in any way like a make or break year. But 2023, that's the one I'm looking at. Like, yo, we better have a pretty good idea because otherwise you're going to have to pay this dude that you're already paying a lot of money, maybe a lot more money, and you still aren't really sure. Yeah, and I, I think if you talk to people around the program, like 
they I, for a while now. I think everyone's obviously everyone wants to win every game and do their best every year, but that's kind of been the year everyone's kind of eyeing. 2023, it's like okay, you know, we got this big time quarterback who's going to have been in the organization for a year. Luther Burden obviously would still be around by this point, of course, is you know assuming everything goes well. A lot, a lot of those those two first early recruiting classes, 2021, 2022, are going to be you know well within well into the uh, well into the team. They'll have a year under their belt. Like it, it's kind of the year where I think year four you say obviously the whole team is yours the whole system's been around for a while and not only is the team yours but those guys are either upperclassmen or or close enough to it where they should be able to contribute and and that's where kind of the rubber meets the road but yeah I mean you know I know that I understand that fans don't want to talk about 2023 when 2022 still has to happen and and so we'll we'll switch gears a little bit and do want to invite you questions comments whatever put them in the in the queue we'll get to them if if uh if we have some but uh the flip side now is just there is no longer such a thing as a rebuilding process in basketball. It apparently takes six weeks because that's about how long it took Dennis Gates. I mean, I, I did a radio interview before we started this, and I said, "What?" I wasn't sure when he took the job that he would blow the entire thing up and start over. thought it might be kind of partway in year one. Um, it, the, the pieces lay along the trail behind us over the last seven weeks. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's the second straight year now that Mizzou will have three returning players, and one of those being like the end of the bench guy from the year before, or one of them with you know Jordan Wilmore last year, Caleb Brown this year. So you know, realistically, two returning contributors, and and that's a little extreme, obviously, but it's also it's it's kind of a sign of the times. And uh, yeah, I, I I'll be interested to see, obviously, just not not only how good each of these new pieces. Dennis Gates brings in is, but how well they gel, how can they find that chemistry? I mean, obviously that is a risk when you're, when you're reloading or rebuilding your team every year. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be Dennis Gates MO all the time, but like, you know, we were talking to the, the, to the assistant coaches on, I guess it was Tuesday. um, And I was talking to Kyle Smith Peters about, you know, how he's kind of done this before at Juco and, and bringing in almost entire new rosters. And he said, the, one thing that that you really have to learn that is it's not an exact science by any means is just you got to figure out who who's going to fit together who's going to work well together who's going to have chemistry and that's that's there's no no way to be sure about it he said there's a lot of coaches who look at the talent they have in the summer and are just like yeah i think this is going to work out and then they look up in you know november or december and like this really isn't working out so uh, it'll be interesting for sure there, there's some coaches who think they have a point guard going into the season, and then all of a sudden they don't have a point guard. Um, but, okay, so do you want to play good cop or bad cop about how people should feel seven weeks into this thing? Yeah, I think you're a better bad cop. I, you're just, I think you're, you're naturally a little more, uh, a little more negative. <laughs> oh, so, so give me the, the, the this is why you feel good about the first month and a half Gates has been here. Well, the first thing is, is it's guys you haven't seen be bad yet. <laughs> um, I mean, like last year's roster, if you were bringing back a lot of those same guys, it would be natural to be like, well, I I saw these guys lose like every SEC game they played. Why can they do better this time? So there's the the obvious of new is always hope, always brings hope. I do think the point guard ad- ad- position was addressed. Um, 
we'll see how well. But I mean, you're talking about the JUCO player of the year in Sean East, who had he had a good number of high major schools pursuing him, like, and then like a guy who uh, in Nick Honor who has high major experience that at a minimum you would think he can run an offense, he can get the ball across half court, get it to where it needs to go, cut down on some of the turnovers. Um, can, so can I think he continue to for... dribble after he gets it to midcourt? Because that is my major question. <laughs> It's it. I mean, I would think so. You, I, nothing's impossible after what we saw last year. But uh, so yeah. I mean, I think that position alone that should that should represent an upgrade. Um, and I think you have just a little bit more overall athleticism. I still think shooting is a huge question mark, and that's something that Cy Young the other day said they're looking to add. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think I'm basic. I think the basis of my argument, if I had to make it, make it, is it's new guys who look like they might be more athletic and seemed as though they could. Some of them could play point guard. Right. And and when I say, do you want to play bad cop, which is what I'm going to do, I, I want to be clear. Like I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just trying to present the other side here and say, let's hold on before we put this team in the Sweet 16 or the NCAA tournament or it's next year's Iowa State. Because literally, I I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday before we were talking to the staff. Literally 12 months ago, so 14 months ago, everybody was in this huge panic. Oh my God, the whole team's leaving. Pinson's transferring. What do we do? We only have three guys. And then about eight weeks later, it was, hey, I like this. He brought in this guy, and I can see where this guy fits, and we have all these new guys, and I think this is going to work, right? And everybody will say, well, but but I didn't really think those guys, those new guys were as good as these new guys. Well, you think that because you saw them fail. But literally a year ago, there were people saying, hey, he's rebuilt this. I think it works. I, I, I didn't give him enough credit. As if, again, like people thought he was just going to trot out three players. It was going to be Caleb or Kobe Brown, Jordan Wilmore, and Javon Pickett, and that was going to be the whole team. And then all of a sudden, he actually had a 12-man roster, and it was like, oh, we're, we're set. you know. So the point is still, Nick Honor is the only new guy who has ever played high major basketball. You know, I mean, hey, Sean East, Juco Player of the Year. Muhammad Diara, Diara 6'10", number one Juco player in the country. Um, it, Noah Carter, really good at Northern Iowa. Like, there are reasons to like all of them. And I feel like they got a higher level of transfer as far as at least who was interested in them than they did last year. But my only point is just let's keep expectations somewhat realistic because I think what the transfer portal has done, I think it's inadvertently put much more pressure on coaches. I mean, you can't blame Conzo Martin if this team's not good. Right, this, it, it's not his guys. Um, now, I mean, you can say, well, Dennis Gates got here in March, and what else was he going to do? And that's fair. I'm not saying Dennis Gates is going to get, he's going to be on the hot seat after year one if he doesn't have a good year. But you know, rebuilds are so quick, and Iowa State did do what it did last year, and, and so I, I mean. If I'm given the choice, do you feel better about this than you did a year ago? I would say I absolutely do. But again. Part of it is because we know last year didn't go well. So um, we'll see where it goes. They got two spots left. Um, I just want to bring up a quick point. Uh, Dave Matter said this on our, on a TV show I do with him earlier today. Uh, I kind of alluded to it on the board. Um, one thing to remember about transfers is that just because they say they're doing a certain thing doesn't necessarily mean they are locked into it. Right. I mean, a tweet does not lock you into to doing something. None of these guys really sign anything binding. 
Um, so I'm not sure we'll know exactly where everybody's going to be until at least June. And uh, that could relate to players Missouri has recruited and, and maybe not gotten. But there are two spots left. And, and like you said, Gates and CY Young both told us that, that they want to use both of them. So I think, uh, I, I mean, it's a weird spot. We know the positions they want. We don't have a clue of the actual guys they want, though. Yeah, that is true. Uh, now that Jamirian Sharp's off the board, I don't think he, we have a name for either. The, they, they want, they clearly they want a rim protector, and then Young said they want a, a shooter with size. Uh, so, like, you know, a wing who can shoot something like that. Uh, but there's not, I don't think there's anyone left in the portal who, you know, publicly has reported Mizzou interest. And uh, so we'll maybe find out at some point, or maybe not. Maybe just one of these days we'll, uh, you know, see the, the old bat signal and have no idea who it's going to be until it's tweeted. I mean, Gates very much strikes me as a guy, he could sign a junior college player. He also strikes me as a guy that could literally, like, sign a dude from Belgium, right? Like, <laughs> this, I mean, this international guy that, we've never heard of certainly isn't going to have a rivals profile may not tweet in English and we have to figure out if he actually is indeed committed but like he mentioned international stuff and I know that's an area Florida State had some success so like I'm not sure even that's out of the question oh yeah no I don't think anything's out of the question and, and to be, I don't think it should be when you take over in you know late March mid-March yeah, you got to do what you can do to find players when, especially when you see the number of schools that are after all these transfers. Yeah, first impressions though. I mean, overall, I, I, I mean, I don't know what you can do that would make me say, well, this guy sucks in two months. But like, I like him. He seems to be a personable guy. He's rebuilt the roster, so I, I don't think there's anything to complain about. Yeah, that's really that's the downfall of our good cop bad cop things because like we can both kind of make our arguments, but then we have to acknowledge like realistically, it's been a couple months. He was always going to bring in players. Like our opinion hasn't really changed, and it's not going to until we watch them on the floor. Right, and I mean we've only got seven months left till we do that. Um, real quick, a uh, comment from the Magic Man that we'll get to uh, says in 2020, Drinkwitz, Kiffin, and Pittman were all hired. Uh, they were five and five, five and five, three and seven. Last year, Pittman nine and four, Kiffin ten and three, Drinkwitz six and seven. So I think, I, I think the insinuation there is why is, did our guy not do as well as as the other two guys? I mean, you got to remember Lane Kiffin did have a quarterback who was drafted in the second round. Uh, I didn't watch very much of the Sugar Bowl, but I watched enough to know that once Matt Corral had a leg injury, Ole Miss didn't really look very good to me, um, especially on offense. Here's my takeaway from from those numbers is not that Eli Drinkwitz hasn't done a good job. It's, dude, I kind of thought Sam Pittman was a trash hire, and I think it's time to say I was probably stupid and nobody should put me in charge of hiring a coach because he's done a hell of a job. Yeah, yes, I think, and uh, I don't think it's just you. Like, no one predicts these things well. I, you know, yeah. no one was, no one nationally, at least that I saw or anywhere else was other than, you know, Arkansas fan was saying, oh, yeah, that's a slam dunk hire. That's a no doubt success versus, I mean, you could go down the list of guys. Everyone's like, oh, great hire. Who hasn't worked out? So, yeah, um, I, I think that, but realistically, I mean, what it boils down to is, and I don't know the exact numbers, but like, if you look at the NFL draft, 
uh, when was it three weeks ago, two weeks ago or whatever, I'm, I'm fairly certain you had more guys from those two schools whose names were called. And I know you had more guys in the first few rounds because I can think of a few off the top of my head. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's fair to argue that they inherited a little more talent. Now, I'm not totally trying to make excuses for Drinkwitz, but yeah, I think that I think that if you at the day Barry Odom had been fired, if you told Mizzou fans that this is where Drinkwitz would be, especially given all the circumstances around the 2020 season, no one would no one would bat an eye. They'd say they'll probably, you know, yeah, that sounds about right. Hopefully, this next season's a little bit better. Uh, I think just because some other guys have had you know, really kind of exceptional year twos in the same league doesn't necessarily change the measuring stick. Also, I know how dumb this sounds, but how different do people feel if the army kicker misses a field goal? <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of not kidding. If they just win that game and they're seven and six and they beat army and Tyler Beatty didn't play and all that. Like, I think a lot of people are going, hey, that was pretty cool. The guy who's going to be our quarterback managed to win a bowl game in his first career start. And, you know, like it shouldn't, it tangibly changes nothing about the program and where it's at. But I do think it changes the way people feel for eight months until the next game is played. Yeah, I remember making this argument back, you know, around the time the game happened where everyone said, oh, bowl games are meaningless, bowl games are meaningless, sit everyone out. And we were saying, like, well, like, why is this more meaningless than the Arkansas game or any of these other games? I would argue it's more so. I mean, I actually, so I wasn't even at the bowl game or watching. I was at Bragging Rights. It was the same night. And I got, like, 15 text messages from people being like, what's the deal? Oh, classic Mizzou, Mizzou laws. Like, first time they've watched Mizzou all year. And that's right. that's their last, because it's on ESPN on a weeknight. And I don't think it should matter, for the record. Like, I, you know. Right. Half the teams, half the teams don't play. It's you know, however many weeks after the season, they were all running around Texas. I'm sure for days before the game, doing whatever they wanted. Like the coaches were on the road recruiting the whole time, basically between the end of the regular season and that game. But it is from from a perception standpoint, you're right. It is impactful. Yeah. So um, I don't know. We covered both major sports. Um, I can tell you, I I meant to do a play-by-play of the Mizzou Auburn softball game in the NCAA tournament or the SEC tournament. I forgot to do so. I can tell you that Missouri beat Auburn one to nothing. They will play Alabama at some point tomorrow. Mitch, do you have a bunch of analysis you want to throw in there? Uh, now, that's more than I know about the softball situation, to be honest. I, I just looked it up on Twitter. Jordan Weber had a shutout. So there you go. Um, we'll have a story on that later tonight. I don't know. We'll have some stuff coming up. It's kind of that time of year where we just kind of wait and see what happens, really. We don't have a whole lot planned. Um, but wanted to jump in and, and do this and say hey to you guys. So I don't know, Mitch, if you have a parting shot, I will offer you a chance to to give it if you don't you can just uh quietly say goodbye and i will go back to the screen with only one window on it no that's all i got uh, i have a story in the morning about kyle smith peters it's mildly interesting people should read it <laughs> mildly interesting there you go man excellent pitch uh, mitchell 40 selling the work well thanks man we'll talk to you later uh, so again appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh hit the hit the like button subscribe to the channel although frankly we're going to be we probably won't be super active on, on YouTube and on the podcast for a while. I mean, if, if things happen and kind of we deem it, hey, and we're both in town and we think, hey, this is a thing we should do, okay, we'll go ahead and do it. But in all likelihood, you know, until we get to media days, closer to fall camp, all that, we, we probably won't be on here a lot. But 
We will certainly be on PowerMizzou.com every day on the message boards, writing stories, all that. We want you guys to check that out. We want you to go to 573Ts.com, check them out, uh, give them some support. Uh, every time we do one of these shows, they sponsor it. So appreciate their uh, their help over the last few years and appreciate you guys being here with us. Uh, when this is When I stop this, I'm going to download it into a podcast. It will pop on your phone. You can listen that way if that's how you consume it. Uh, make some nice comments, leave us a good rating, all that. It does help spread the word. So thanks, guys. Uh, I don't know. We'll be back here when news merits it, but uh, make sure to join us on the sites, on the message board, and we'll talk to you later on.